Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the first physical evidence that shows how our brains store short-term memory, the first ever prescription video game, and why hummingbirds can see colors that you can't. Let's satisfy some curiosity. When you remember a name or a phone number, how is it stored in your brain? Like, is it just a nebulous mix of chemical signals or is there an actual physical trace of a memory in there? Well, scientists just devised an amazing method to answer that question, and they say it's the latter. Scientists may have actually discovered the physical representation of short-term memory. To better understand how memories are stored in our own brains, researchers at the Institute of Science and Technology Austria took a close look at neurons or brain cells in mice. They focused on the hippocampus, where both humans and mice store memories, and zoomed in on a single point of connection between two neurons. That point is called a synapse, and it's where messages are sent from one neuron to another. Those messages come in the form of chemicals called neurotransmitters, which travel in little bubbles called vesicles. The scientists accomplished something that study author David Vandell called close to impossible. They recorded electrical signals from the sending neuron and the receiving neuron at the same time while the mouse completed memory-stimulating tasks. They found that when a neuron fires off a signal, the connection between that neuron and the one receiving the signal strengthens temporarily. That's called synaptic plasticity, and they expected it to happen. But how it happened was pretty surprising. It turns out that the connection is made stronger not by an increase in the amount of neurotransmitters in the synapse, but by an increase in the neurotransmitters that have yet to be released. Before they're sent across the synapse, vesicles full of neurotransmitters gather on the sending neuron. And during those moments when the signal was strengthened, Vandell and his colleagues noticed that there were more vesicles on deck. More vesicles means more neurotransmitters are ready to be released when the time is right. The vesicles can sit there for a few minutes at a time, and they'll stay for longer if there's not too much other activity going on. Starting to sound familiar? Vandell thinks these vesicles might be a physical representation of short-term memory. The idea that there may be physical traces of memory called engrams has been around since the early 20th century, but we've never seen physical evidence for them. This may be the mythical engram. And the phone number you remembered? It may be there in bubbles of neurotransmitters waiting to be released. The FDA recently announced some big news for kids with ADHD and the people who love them. Their next treatment might involve a video game. That's right. After years of testing, a company in Arizona has won approval to market a video game to help treat kids from 8 to 12 years old who struggle with ADHD. It's called Endeavor RX. And it's the first video game-based therapy the FDA has ever authorized. Now, Endeavor RX isn't a cure for ADHD or even a standalone therapy. But seven years of clinical trials that involved about 600 kids convinced the FDA that the game can be a useful part of a therapeutic regimen. A regimen that may include other forms of clinical therapies, medication, and educational programs. To win approval, the game's developer had to show the FDA that the game-based treatment is safe and effective. In one of five studies they presented as evidence, which I will point out were funded by the game company, 348 kids with ADHD spent four weeks playing one of two games, Endeavor RX 
or a spelling game that wasn't designed to treat ADHD. Each participant played for 25 minutes per day, five days a week. Their symptoms were measured before the month of gameplay and then again afterward. The results weren't spectacular, but they were encouraging and convincing enough to get government approval. After those four weeks, about 30% of kids who played Endeavor RX showed no sign of an attention deficit in at least one of the ways the researchers used to measure it. The improvement lasted for up to a month after the treatment, and that wasn't true of the control group. So what's this prescription video game like? Well, it's played on an iPhone or an iPad, and the player's job is to fly around fantastical landscapes and avoid obstacles while collecting alien-looking targets. They're guided by aliens who cruise on flying saucers. It's designed to stress the user's ability to pay attention to multiple things at once, according to the developer. The FDA created a new regulatory classification to approve the game. That means similar treatments can be approved more easily in the future. Maybe one day, video games will become a regular part of a mental health treatment regimen. Better practice now just in case. Is there anything nicer than walking through a field of wildflowers? Well, a new study says yes. Flying through that same field with the eyes of a hummingbird. Their ability to see ultraviolet light gives hummingbirds access to a super chromatic wonderland mostly invisible to us humans. The closest we can get to imagining what hummingbirds can see is to think about purple. Why? Because purple is a non-spectral color. You can't make it with monochromatic light. In other words, it's not in the rainbow. This is weird, but stay with me. Our brains actually create purple when our eyes detect light with short wavelengths, like blue and violet, and light with long wavelengths, like red, at the same time. Instead of splitting the difference and showing us medium wavelength light, you know it as green, our brains create something different, purple. It's the only non-spectral color humans can see because our eyes only have three kinds of light-detecting cells. One for light with long wavelengths, another for medium, and a third for short. Wait, so are you saying the color purple literally doesn't exist? It exists only in our minds. It does not exist in the electromagnetic spectrum. What? Yeah, it's wild. But hummingbirds have four kinds of light-detecting cells. Those same three plus one for light with super short wavelengths, also known as ultraviolet light. That means they can see five non-spectral colors. Purple, also known as violet plus red, along with ultraviolet plus red, ultraviolet plus yellow, ultraviolet plus green, and ultraviolet plus purple, at least in theory. To find out whether hummingbirds could actually see all these non-spectral colors, the researchers behind this recent study set up some LED tubes and sugar water. The LED tubes let them make non-spectral colors like ultraviolet plus red, and the sugar water let them train wild hummingbirds to associate a particular non-spectral color with a nectar-like reward. Over the course of 19 experiments, hummingbirds consistently showed that they could detect color differences that humans can't see at all. In one experiment, they distinguished between green and a mixture of ultraviolet plus green. In another, they could tell the difference between two mixtures of ultraviolet plus red, one that had more ultraviolet and one that had more red. What do these combinations look like? Well, unfortunately, the researchers and humans in general have absolutely no idea. But they do know hummingbirds probably aren't the only species that can see them. 
Most birds and a lot of fish and reptiles have those same four light detecting cells. And there's a very good chance that dinosaurs did too. When it comes to being able to see these wild colors, humans may be the odd ones out. And if you don't think humans can see enough colors, go look for the color white at a paint store. <laughs> Do you want incredible white, eggshell white, pearly white, elder white, ice cube? Divine white? I can't, Ashley. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Which one did you go with? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? One of the whites. It's whitish. It's not white white. It's just whitish. Got it. Oh, boy. Let's review the things we learned today, starting with the fact that scientists found a physical representation of short-term memory in tiny bubbles called vesicles that neurotransmitters travel around in. So if you forget something, you could say that someone burst your bubble. Ooh, I will. (laughs) (laughs) And we learned that the FDA approved the first ever prescription video game to treat ADHD. It's cool they found a nice new application for that. That's actually the whole reason we got our first video game system. As kids is because my brother has ADHD and my mom was looking for ways to help him. And psychologists were like, yeah, try video games. It's good for hand eye coordination. So that's why we got a Sega. There you go. Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis. Sonic 2, man. So good. Sonic 2 is the right answer. (laughs) And we also learned that hummingbirds can see ultraviolet light, which is light with super short wavelengths, which means they can see way more colors than we can. Because we only have three kinds of light-detecting cells, and they have four. I want more light-detecting cells. Oh, Have you ever seen representations of, like, flower petals in UV light? Sometimes there are just entirely new patterns that you can see that we, we can't see in visible light. But when you shine them with UV light, suddenly this whole other beautiful design shows up. It's amazing. I mean, if there's already this many versions of every single color at the paint store with three of these... You know, I'm good. I don't need the fourth. (laughs) Today's stories were written by Andrea Michelson and Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Curious.